Modern Christian Dads, Season 2. We're about to explode. Just dudes talking news, sports, and God. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Alongside the Modern Christian Dads, we are dudes talking news, sports, and God. So whether you're listening to us live on Facebook right now or you listen to the podcast, it's available on any platform. We're guys that exist to bring you encouragement and entertain you a little bit here and there throughout the week. So what's up, guys? Let's welcome in the Modern Christian Dads. We got Greg Walden over there today. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> a veteran of the Armed Forces. Yes, yes celebrated. Uh, Memorial Day. Right. So tell us about that a little bit. You were in the Army. Yep. I was in the Army from 88 to 94. Awesome. Which was, what was happening then? Oh, Desert get, Storm? Yeah, Desert Storm. Yep. Did oh. Desert Storm the first. George the first Bush? One. Yep. George Bush the first. Okay. Yep. I actually saw him in a motorcade at uh, Fort Campbell. It was pretty cool. Best memory of uh, being in the Army? Oh, goodness. Best <laughs> <memory>. <laughs> Got a lot of worst <laughs> ones, probably. There's a lot of worse ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but the best memory was actually when I got saved. I got saved while I was in the army. Really? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. You have to tell us your testimony sometime about that. Oh, definitely. Real life stories, Grace Point Daily. And that's another good podcast. Yeah. yeah. Share that on. So uh, anyway, then we have Mr. Uh, Greg Walden. Uh, you know, Greg Craywick. Greg Craywick. I, I <laughs> Seriously? Greg Walden, Seriously, I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys don't know how many Gregs I have in my life. I say that uh, yeah. all the time. When I meet someone new, I'm like, let me guess. Your name is Greg. Or what's the other one? Kelly. 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 Lots of Greg, yeah. Lots of Kelly. And speaking of that, Kelly Stevens. Yeah. On the injured uh, reserve yeah. now, no, officially. Yeah, yeah. IR. He's, yeah. I, I hear it was a figure skating accident. No. I'm just kidding. What is it? Hip. Poor Kelly was working for the good old R9 school district and he slipped, fell. You yeah, got the story. He, I didn't he get said the story. he hyperextended his leg and hip. So. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he's okay. roller skating. There. I didn't know if he's on the way to another hair appointment. So uh, because he's seriously injured, we can't make of him make fun of him too bad here. Today no, not too bad. Dad's podcast. Okay, anyway, we're dudes talking news, sports, and God. So we talk this all the time. We hope you guys like, share, and subscribe to the Modern Christian Dads podcast. Make sure if you're listening on Facebook Live, give us your comments, give us your reactions throughout the show. Uh, you can always uh, email us at modernchristiandads at gmail.com. Send us direct message on Facebook, all those kinds of good things. So anyway, we're getting back into the groove after uh, uh, life after Corona, although we've stayed pretty consistent and we thank you that our fan base has yeah. stayed consistent as well. I've seen that in our numbers. We appreciate that very, very much. So let's go ahead and dive right into it, guys. Okay. Speaking of sports, this weekend, this last weekend, uh, they had what was called the match. Did you guys aware of the match? Do you know what that is? No. Okay. So Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady played a around, match together. Around a golf. Uh, around a golf. It was okay. for a charity event, but it was the most watched golf event in uh, cable history. So uh, anyway, here's what happened here. They had really, really good numbers. The match drew an average of 5.8 million viewers, rivaling uh, recorded uh, the Last Dance, which was the Michael Jordan documentary that mm -hmm. came out. So anyway, it was just kind of speaking to, or, or their stat was saying more people tuned in to watch Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady play for charity than have ever watched an early round cable broadcast of a major. So basically what they're saying is that people are craving sports right now, so uh -huh. much so that that many people would watch golf. Brady, Mickelson, <laughs> now, Tiger, and Manning. Are you a golf guy? I mean, uh, I used to be when I really? played for free. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yes. How about my, you? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. 
Yeah. I used to be a caddy. I was like one of my first jobs as a uh-huh. young teenager. I was a caddy at a local golf course. I used to love caddying <laughs> for the tournaments because if your guy won, you got paid big time. Oh, so okay. That was a nice uh, yeah. thing about caddying. Well, I tried golf back in 2005 on a business trip to uh, Georgia. And after I was done, the uh, guy that ran the course handed me some grassies and told me to go plant. Because I had more clumps of dirt for them. No, okay. the ball. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so my yeah. story is that I, when I was a worship pastor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, there was a Christian, a guy who owned a very nice Christian golf course. I can't remember the name of it. Otherwise, I'd, I'd give him a shout out. But anyway, on Mondays, if you were a pastor and you had a little minister's card, you could play golf for free. Ooh. So I literally played golf every week. Uh, and then as well, right next to the church, we had a nine hole business uh, executive course, nice. if you will. And so I'd play that maybe. Uh, every other week, and my skills were decent, okay, in a sense. Better, yeah. uh, and then I moved away to be a lead pastor in Utah, and I had to start paying for golf. And I was like, "Well, I'm done with that sport. <laughs> no longer." A and golfer. that is a true story. Golf is expensive. It's very uh, expensive. Yeah. I mean, we talk about you know. I mean, I bought a thousand dollar mountain bike, but I mean, man, you can. Uh, what you spend on clubs, mm-hmm. uh, well, green, and green fees, just, uh, just on a round. Just around a golf, like $40, $50 or whatever. For yeah, round, so. and, then, and then if you do it a lot. And then what yeah. I found frustrating was I kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm about as good as I can get without golfing more. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you kind of hit that point where like, well, I play once a week, but if I want to get better, I'm going to have to play more chip and putt. And, and it's hard to, as a pastor, when you're kind of busy throughout the week, yeah. is when you do have that one day off to, you know, tell your wife and kids like, Hey, I'm gonna go golf all day. See you later. Yeah, right. Yeah, doesn't so work anyway, out too But I, I, I can see, I can see how it's a very addicting sport. Yeah. I personally like it myself. I just chose to uh, surrender that because of time and money. Do you ever own so, clubs and everything, or did you? Uh, yeah, I did have clubs, but they were just like, just like two hundred dollar yeah. Target clubs okay. or something like that. Yeah. They did the job though. So all anyway, right. Cool. all right. So good job, Tiger. Uh, the only thing I saw funny part of it was I guess uh, Tom Brady birdied uh, on a hole and he ripped his pants while he was <laughs> oh, swimming. Yeah. So must have been wearing the tight pants, stretch pants, <laughs> like Kelly Stevens wears a lot. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's a fun one for you. Next up is uh, 10. I found this article, 10 items that are worth splurging on and 10 items that are not. So before we get into that, let's get your opinion. If you have some right off the top of your head that you can think of items that are worth spending a lot of money on. Oh, goodness. Mm. To the modern Christian dad. Steaks. I was just going to say that meat. Yeah. You cannot buy cheap meat and make it taste good. No, I agree. You got to spend money, get money on that. And like I said, a couple episodes ago, you got to know how to cook it because you're just wasting your money. If you don't know how to cook it, don't even buy it because you're just going to mountain biking. You can't buy a cheap Walmart. That's true. I agree with that. (laughs) Buy the good stuff here, man. Okay. Anything else that you should spend money on? I think you do get what you pay for, right? Um, So before I get into the list, how about things that are a waste of money? Things you should not splurge money on that are complete waste of money. Before I get to the list, I'm going to see if you guys get any of these. Oh, goodness. <laughs> My <laughs> wife? No, just kidding. Uh, I guess timeshares. Especially oh, timeshares. There you go. Okay. I just had an idea of, yeah, that's a good one. I just had an idea of something you should spend good money or, or money on is, is tools. That's oh, yeah. one thing that yeah, I, yeah. I will say yes. tools are very important. My father-in-law is a perfect example of this. <laughs> he always bought the best tools, and you know what? He never had any of them break. Yeah. What's you your know? favorite brand of tools? 
Uh, snap on. Snap on, yeah. Yep. Okay. And in, in the machining world, it's staring. So. <laughs> I'm anyway. still going to go to Harbor Freight. I, you know, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that cheap Be Harbor a Freight tools. Customer there too. <laughs> exactly. Broke a wrench. <laughs> okay, so this article was ten items that are worth splurging on and ten that are not. So the first one, uh, I, I'm going to give not f- five from each, and um, I might agree or disagree. But the first one was mattresses. How about mattresses? Mm. Splurging on a mattress. Yeah. yeah, see, I, I, now I've heard of people that spend thousands like on a sleep number, one of those types of yes. things. And I think the mattress we have is kind of a memory foam deal. We spent like, a, I don't know, it was less than a thousand, but it was more than I wanted to. But yeah, was, I've seen the purple. Have you seen the purple mattress? That's the one that gets me a little bit excited. I have heard of that. It's supposed to be like space designed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, mattresses have an average yeah. lifespan of eight years. The longevity can vary depending on the type of mattress you've purchased. Yeah. Uh, over time, mattresses lose support as they begin to sag and develop lumps. They also collect allergens such as mm. dust mites, which can exacerbate asthma and respiratory systems. Yeah. So, yeah. And they also gain weight too, because as you sweat and it absorbs that sweat <laughs> and over time. And what, what do they say? Like pillows, yeah. like after a year, there's pretty much all like dead skin in your pillow. It's not really like, you ever heard that before? Because there's so yeah. much. Oh, <laughs> it turns into yeah. zombie. No, yeah. but I'm going to think of that tonight. Yeah, when well, I go think to bed. about that. You're laying on it all. Yeah. I, one of the pillows that I have is an actual down pillow that my grandma made like probably 25 years ago, feather pillow oh, that yeah. she made. And I still, I still sleep on that now. So All it's right. probably Tina McKenzie's so, diving in. Thank you for skin. diving in, Tina McKenzie. She <laughs> uh, mentioned uh, she mentioned uh, washer and dryer, refrigerator. Yeah, I'm assuming to splurge money on there. Okay, the next one uh, again. I agree with there was an electric toothbrushes. Mm. To sp- yeah. Pastor Greg can speak to this. I have one of those, okay. and and I will agree. Yeah. Okay. It's, 2014 yeah. study conducted by the. Uh, Cochrane Oral Health Group found that people who use electric toothbrushes experienced a 21% reduction in plaque after three months. They also had an 11% reduction in gum inflammation, aka the gingivitis. Well, let me just. Are you electric toothbrush guy there? I use a 97 cent toothbrush cheapie from the from the dollar store. You got the ooh button there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> you deserve that. It works. <laughs> okay, say it there. I, I was, what I was going to say is, since I've been using my electric toothbrush for the last uh, five years, I have not gone to the dentist because I haven't felt like I needed to. Because I can tell that there's no plaque on my teeth because of that thing. Now you have to do like what it says you need to do. Like, yeah, brought, it's got a timer on it, and you're feeling like you're standing there doing this right, thing right. forever. <laughs> but it is worth it. I will yeah. say that. Yep. Two minutes of a good electric toothbrush. That's There's nothing right. like it. There's nothing okay, like th- it. this one I disagree with that they said you could should splurge money on this one is cars. Okay, I disagree with that one. Uh, I've had a lot of those, so yeah. Well, I would say the night <laughs> in I mean, terms of the uh, investment value, right? What, well, depreciating okay. value. Depreciating. Unless, you got there. Yeah, a depreciating value. I, Your I, Honda Accord is not appreciating in value right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. And that's why I've been buying really good tools lately. <laughs> well, I, I, ne- I never buy new. I never buy a new vehicle. Yeah. I always buy one that makes about three years old. Yeah. And I always buy, like, my F-150 is a, a basic XLT. It's not the Raptor or, or uh, yeah. the Lariat or anything. Yeah. Like that. It's just basic. And, I, I, and I'll say I bought a brand-new diesel pickup truck one time, brand-new. And I sold it for two, year, two years later, almost to the exact date that I bought it for $20,000 less than I paid for it. $20,000. <laughs> yep. 
I say don't splurge unless it's a Tesla. Then go ahead and splurge on that. Okay, uh, sneakers and laptops were also on things you should splurge on. I mean, I I do believe I'm splurging on a MacBook Pro. That'll last you a long time. Yes. Uh, Okay, not worth splurging on. Let's go to a couple from their list there. Uh, One was warranties. I say amen Mm, to that. No warranties there. My great story, uh, uh, warranty versus guarantee. I bought tires one time. They had a warranty. <laughs> then uh, I took them back 10,000 miles later, like, oh, you need new tires. I'm like, well, this, uh, wait a <laughs> second. Like, I just bought these yeah. tires. Well, you need a new pair. I don't know what else to tell you, sir. You know, yeah, you know, pair. Yeah. I was like, well, isn't there a warranty on that? He's like, oh, oh. You're you're exactly right, sir. Yep, we'll get you. And I pay like five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. What I what I just say? Um, well, yeah, oh yeah, we can put a new pair yeah. on there for four hundred twenty-five dollars with the warranty. I was like, wait, what is yeah. it? It's like, sir, it's a warranty. It's not a guarantee. But don't. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I learned that with my. Yeah. I bought a ninety-seven Saturn way back. You know, back in the nineties, and it was like two years old. It had a seventy-five thousand mile warranty on it. So I got it. I bought the car. And it had like I think it had like fifty thousand. I mean, it had a good twenty thousand miles left on it. Well, it was burning oil every. I mean, I put in a quart of oil every every three thousand miles and things. So I took it back to Saturn and I'm like, sorry, it's not covered. I'm like, this thing's burning oil like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. They said uh, on here uh, name brand products. When you're shopping at the market, it's tempting to opt for name brand food, beauty, yeah. and pharmacy products. Just because you're familiar with a specific shampoo or tissue brand doesn't make these items higher quality than the store brand alternative. Yeah. I think that varies a little bit on some products. I, I though, think if it you does will. too. Suave yeah. shampoo works great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some things like the, the knockoff stuff I won't buy because it's just not good. Like as far as food goes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There is a difference in some of those things. There so is. It's kind of like, a, and it's usually the bad food, probably bad foods for you. Well, like and you had a fake certain Mountain Dew. Fake Mountain Dew. Yeah. I was yeah. just going to like say that. Like fake Oreo cookies. Yeah. It's like, just not good. Uh, yeah. Doritos, fake yeah. Doritos. You <laughs> like all those good snack foods. Yeah, you no. get the cheap one out. You're like, my niece mm-hmm. would call that generic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they put cable TV on here, beauty treatments, and a luxury gym membership. I put beauty treatments and a luxury gym membership in honor of Kelly Stevens, who's not here. Yeah. 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 Luxury gym. He, he spends a lot of money on that extra stuff you know i'm like kelly stevens you can plank at home just as easily as you true. can plank at that, that fancy gym true. membership yeah, that's right <laughs> all right uh talk to us about elon musk did oh, it happen today or I, tomorrow um it is actually tomorrow so i mean this is a huge article and you guys are welcome to read it's on the verge uh, verge the the news site the verge i'll just give you a little bit here it says on the afternoon of may 27th which is tomorrow at uh 3 30 uh central time 4.30 Eastern. SpaceX is slated to launch its very first passengers to space, potentially heralding a new era of human spaceflight for the United States. It'll be the first time in nearly a decade that people have launched to orbit from American soil, and it'll be the first time that a private vehicle takes them there. Now, I won't read it much more of that, but they are getting uh, escorted to the launch pad in a Tesla Model X. Oh, yeah. Nice. And that's, uh, I believe I'm reading the same one is that uh, yeah. for the first time, a for-profit company will carry astronauts in the cosmos. Yeah. To the space so station. So they're, they're going to the space station and they don't know how long they're going to be there. Uh, the, the, uh, what they call the crew dragon ship can only stay in space four months because of the solar panels, the sun will deteriorate. them. so they have to bring them back, you know, before four months is over, but there's no like date scheduled to bring them back. And they're not really sure about tomorrow. Um, they're hoping they can launch tomorrow, but the weather's like 60% rain. So if they don't go tomorrow, they're going to go Saturday. Uh, uh, one time in Utah, I don't know, I remember this. Occasionally in Utah, it was a large military air force base there south of where we lived at in Ogden. Yeah. And uh, I did get to experience one time 
a rocket test. Have you ever seen one of those no. in real life? Is a no, rocket test, and it's basically the rocket was strapped down to the ground, if you will, but uh, shaking everything. Uh, but we went out there, and there <laughs> yeah. was hundreds of cars out there, yeah. and I think I still have the video of like a, like because it was far away, and it took like three seconds for the sound to get there. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It was like, yep. oh, yeah. nice, and then like one, two, three, like, and then it hits <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. and you can hear me in camera go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that when they were testing the Saturn V rockets, you could feel and hear and feel those engines 100 miles away. So I don't know how far you were from your Air Force base, but mm -hmm. they up to 100 miles away back in the day when they were testing oh, the nice. Saturn I would v, like yeah. to. I would, actually, I would like to be there when they launched. The, you know, in an area where you could kind of see it and feel it and oh. all that. Oh yeah, cool. yeah. I can remember as a kid, I had a uncle who was uh, just airplane mechanic at. Uh, airport and i remember as a kid i'm sure you couldn't do this now but i remember one time he took us uh, to the little utility road that was like coming over the fence as plane landed yeah and we you know yeah. sat there uh, as they went overhead you know pretty close That's and cool. just the power of that i can imagine uh jet yeah. oh yeah yeah spaceship all those kind of things so but cool. anyway yeah. uh, elon Musk determined to get us to mars what you guys think about that <laughs> well, we'll we get see. there. Well, we'll we get there. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. It's going to be kind of hard to live there since the oxygen content's not real good. But yeah, it's um, some logistical I issues. They've yeah. got their minds made up. Which so. I, which I, I, I did want. We covered this on the show one time way back. Mm -hmm. We talked about terraforming. Yeah. Okay. So terraforming is basically the belief that they could change Mars to Earth. In so what we would do is we would go there and we would heat up the uh the climate mm. and it would take like a, a century to do this 100 but after 100 years as we begin to heat up, melt ice heat up the climate things would begin to grow blah 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 and it would essentially become earth well, have they it's called terraforming a planet have they discovered water on mars yeah actually, actually they have okay yeah, yeah they just need water. to melt it it's yeah. frozen so that's what they're saying yeah, they begin to melt it it releases these gases yeah. it develops like ozone later layer or something like it yeah. basically would be because if you have water, belief, you can have become, life. You can sustain life yeah, if you have yeah. water. So, well, and you'd have to have vegetation because you'd have, to have something to release the oxygen in the air, which would be your yeah. trees and grasses and stuff. Yep. Well, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't plan on moving there, though. No. I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, that's a little bit. We're going to do, uh, I got some spiritual talk. You have some spiritual talk. Let's yeah. cover both of them. Go ahead and hit that uh, button there, Maestro. Thank our sponsor. And we'll, we'll talk spiritual talk. Sounds good. Hi, my name is Jeremiah Johnson. I am the host of Grace Point Daily and the Modern Christian Dads podcast. But most importantly, I have the coolest job of being the lead pastor of Grace Point Assembly in Carthage, Missouri. Our church is about helping people discover a relationship with Christ and your purpose in Him, connecting other followers of Christ together in relationship and living out the mission of God. Why don't you join us for a service next time you're in this area? For more information, service times, and our address, go to gracepointag.org. We hope to see you soon. Okay, so I think I found something, uh, a show on YouTube that I'm going to be highly addicted to. It's called The Dark Side of the Ring. So right. it's all basically bad wrestling stories uh, in, in terms of people that committed suicide or some of these bad oh, yeah. stories that's yeah. happened via pro wrestling in the last years and decades, yeah. etc. So anyway, I was driving around last night. I listened to a podcast it's called Talk is Jericho. Chris Jericho has a podcast and he interviews people. And he was interviewing uh, Martha Hart, who was Owen Hart's wife. So Owen Hart was Bret Hart's yeah. brother, mm -hmm. youngest brother. He was the youngest of 12 wrestlers in, in the Hart family. If you know anything about pro wrestling, you had the Hart, the Hart Foundation, 
Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil, Nyhart. You got, you got all these guys uh, connected with this Hart family. They're, they're Canadian-based, and they're kind of just, no, if you know anything about pro wrestling, yeah. they're a dynasty family in the pro wrestling game. Anyway, uh, he was the youngest of 12 sons uh, and didn't really set out, in terms of what I listened to, he didn't set out to be a pro wrestler. He actually wanted to be a teacher and get his education and kind of stream, stay away from that. But he, he did help his, fa- his father's, uh, promotion was going through a hard time, and so he helped out. He became super popular. Mm-hmm. He was so naturally gifted in it. And some would say the best wrestler of all 12 brothers. He gets really popular. He goes to the WWF at the time, now the WWE, as the Blue Blazer. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, and then he ended up uh, fighting his own heart and uh, wrestling his brother. But anyway, uh, 21 years ago, if this happened in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. I did not realize it was yeah. Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. But part of his gimmick was is that he would come down from the rafters kind of on a cable. Yeah drop into the ring, a.k.a. Sting. It was actually kind of make fun of Sting at the time. I didn't realize that either. But anyway, uh, one night, it was for a pay-per-view, that uh, he was getting rigged up, and he wasn't rigged. You know, the argument, and his wife makes a very compelling case, is that he wasn't rigged up properly or was using equipment that shouldn't be used for that type of uh, thing. So anyway, he fell somewhere between 90 and 100 feet from the top of the catwalk God, uh, and, and landed. They say his, his head hit the turnbuckle and just instantly killed him 21 years ago and wow. so obviously pro wrestling is is fake right it's 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 a work but anyway during that time time you know in the live event no one really knew what was happening and it was just kind of chaotic in a sense you know because wow. a lot yeah. of times is like yeah. are they hurt or not really hurt um and no one really knows well he died instantly they drag him out of the ring and it was one of the earlier matches and they went on and did the rest of the show Mm. They, the wow. event that night. So anyway, uh, this is uh, Dark Side of the Ring. What it's all covering is basically um, WWE's negligence in, in regards to that, how they kept going on with the show. Vince McMahon took a ton of heat for that, that you wouldn't stop a show after someone literally died. His blood was on the, the mat, so oh, all the wow. other wrestlers had to go into that ring and wrestle where his blood was poured out on the mat after wow. he literally died, uh, anyway, they go to they get into a lawsuit. She sues them later on. She eventually settles out of court, and so that's what that whole um, documentary was on the dark side. It's all different one, like the one was Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. and Chris Benoit that killed his family, uh, his his wife and kids, and yeah, so sad. all the dark side episodes are covering some of these weird stories, and one of which was Owen Hart. So I was fascinated by it. I was never like a big Owen Hart fan, but I can remember him. Uh, and I can remember uh, that whole story going down. I, again, I didn't realize in Kansas City, Missouri. But anyway, all that to say, I found it very fascinating. I listened to the podcast, then I went and watched the Dark Side uh, documentary on YouTube. It's for free on YouTube, and it was just really very interesting. But it just got me all uh, thinking uh, of this Bible verse, James chapter four, thirteen. Uh, excuse me, James chapter four, verses thirteen and fourteen, which I'll read out of the Amplified. It says, "Come now and pay attention to this. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make a profit, mm-hmm. yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow." What is secure in your life? You are merely a vapor, like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. So 34 years age of 34 years old when he died, has a wife, has two kids, young daughter, young son. His daughter kind of remembers him a little bit. The son does more because he was older. But man, life, just thinking about the whole concept that life is a vapor. It's here yeah. today, gone tomorrow. We're always making plans for the future, but we don't know what, what 
tomorrow will bring. We don't even know what the rest of the day is going to yeah, bring right. necessarily. And that whole concept. And, and, and I was like, well, it, it's kind of hard to, it, it's kind of hard to live like that, right? It's, it's kind of hard to live every day. I might die today. Oh, yeah, I might die right. today. Okay. Exactly. Well, I love you, wife. I love you, kids. Yeah, you know, but right. really we should take on a perspective that we don't know what life brings and we should live moment to moment, not just just in general, but with Christ and, and constantly be saying, Lord, if it's your will today, I will do this. God, let me live out your will. Yeah. Right. I would say it's about prioritizing things in your yeah. life. I mean, when you have, when you have the right perspective, um, there's a, there's an order that needs to come with that. So uh, that's really right. good. Yeah. And I like how the amplified says, uh, let me bring it back up here in front of my face. It says, what is secure in your life? Question mark. You know, uh, if, if I'd ask any of you today, what's the one secure thing that you have in your life right now Jesus, that wow. you can completely trust in? And we can never take that for granted as believers of Christ or if you're listening today and you're not following Jesus right now. Jesus is the only secure thing that you could put your hope and trust in. And I'm so grateful for that because, man, when you hear stories of uh, like this own heart story, uh, you can tell some of those people that you're listening in the documentary are not saved and yeah. the heartbreak and, oh, my dad, dad's gone forever and, and those kind of things. But we as modern Christian dads, we have a, a secure foundation. We know that right. our, we have security in Christ Jesus. Yeah, and, and, being, having the, and being a Christian takes the fear of death away. I mean, we don't, we don't yeah. go out there and look for it and we go, hey, I want to die. But we don't, we're, not, we're not overly terrified of it. Because for us, it's a win-win. We like Paul says, "For me to die is gain; for me to live is Christ." Yeah. Either way, either way, you're 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 going from life to life, so you, you, the sting is gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think at this point in my life, I'm grateful for every day that I have with with uh, my wife, my kids, my relationships with you guys, my relationships with people at church. That's what that's. Um, I think because when you when you or at least for me, when you're in like your late teens, early twenties, you think you're <laughs> invincible, right? You're indestructible and Man, somebody in their 40s is so old, and I mean, I'm never going to be like that. When <laughs> yeah. I, but now that I'm here, I'm like, man, I, I look at things totally different now. You know, it's about relationships that I have with people. And it's funny that, that you brought this up, because my wife and I were just talking about that today, about, you know, because we, I mean, we know one of us is going to die before the other, or, or however, or, you know, if the Lord tarries, and, and just processing all that. And, and then that's a journey that you're taking with Jesus by yourself. I mean, I'm not going with mm -hmm. her. She's not going where we're going with this alone. So, yeah, I mean, just putting everything in the right and having that priority, the right priorities. And Amen. When you, when you go out witnessing, you know, somebody's like, well, uh, you know, like I see be 20 or something like that. And somebody said, well, the rapture. I was like, well, the rapture. So, yeah, you want to be here for the rapture, but you might not be alive when the rapture happens. That's right. So today is the day you need to make that mm -hmm. decision. Yeah. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yep. That's right. Yeah. It's good. So your life is a vapor. Think about that. Yep. Man, I hear a story like that. 34 years old, prime of his career. Yeah. Life is gone in an, in an instant. I mean, seconds. Yeah. Well, and Assel, I have another um, story that you and I were talking about before the show. Uh, this is a lead singer of a Christian rock band and the son of a pastor announced on Instagram that he's no longer believes in God. He says, I've been terrified to post this for a while, but it feels like it's time for me to be honest. John Steingard, the frontman of the band Hawk Nelson, wrote <laughs> in the caption of a lengthy note on May 20th. This is after growing up in a Christian home, being a pastor's kid, playing and singing in a Christian band, and having the word Christian in front of most of the things in my life, I am now finding that I no longer believe in God. And I was thinking about this a little bit. You know, I think Christianity, for him, he was raised in it, and it just became something that he did. I mean, I don't know mm -hmm. his whole story or anything, mm -hmm. but you see this all the time. 
And I think you, you, you can turn Christianity into a huge work. It's just something that you do yeah. when you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Right. You know, it just becomes another part of your life or a work in your life. And obviously that's what it was to this, this young man. Mm-hmm. So and he's and the article goes on to say I mean he's receiving a lot of support from other Christian artists they're saying hey listen we're here for you we love you if you need to talk you know wow let us know so yeah and this is this this, this will sound a little bit judgmental but okay back in the day when I was a youth pastor I was at a festival with Hawk Nelson really and they did a little Q and A for like youth pastors and leaders afterwards okay and I remember going to that and because their their music at the time was not. I don't want to say Christian, but they're um, like when they're first. So, Let's pack up and move to California. Yeah, yeah. She's got lots of friends out yep, there. Yep. We'll never get bored because we can go boarding and let the sunshine take us there. Yeah. That was like their most popular song. Yeah. And have anything to do with like God or, or <laughs> right, Jesus. And right. so they were kind of a fun poppy band. Yeah. And I remember asking them, asking a question like, well, what about like sharing Christ and and it was kind of like a little kind of waffled answer of like, well, you know, we get in conversations. Uh, I was more like, well, you know, because yeah, I've so, always right. I've always been of the, the the nature or the side of things. Like if, if you're in something like that, that's your platform to preach the gospel. That's right. That's not like a platform to. Well, you know, I mean, if after the show, if I'm like just I, happen to get I, in a conversation, I, then I I'll talk we, about it. We more. would be surprised if we knew how many <laughs> Christian artists aren't really Christian. Right. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole business side of that. Right. You know, and, and dealing with people, um, we know that, you know, there's a business side to Christian mm-hmm. music and Christian performing. And, and so obviously that's, you know, it sounds like Hawk Nelson was a band that just happened to play at Christian venues. Yeah. So, but anyway, How's that candy bar? Mm, it's very good. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the whole debate of, uh, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian band or are you a Christian in a band? Yeah, right. Right. And I have a good friend who uh, plays in uh, a band full time. And, you know, we, we discuss that a lot because I, I kind of agree. You know, there might be Christians in like secular bands out there that aren't like totally overt maybe yeah. with their Christianity. And yeah. I guess maybe I'm somewhat okay with that, but I still don't know how you, if you're a radical follower of Christ, that's right. How you couldn't want to talk about him. Right. Yep. You know, like how you, you like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, when I got saved, I was in a band and I couldn't, I couldn't stay in that because my life was being changed. Mm-hmm. God was changing my life. You know, I, the first thing he took away was drinking alcohol and people started questioning, well, why aren't you drinking with the rest of us? I'm like, I, I didn't really know what to say. I've just gotten saved. I'm like, well, I, I, I just don't want to, you know? And then it became obvious that I was going to church more, that I was losing interest in the band and the jobs and everything we were doing and eventually just quit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you're, you're lying. You're, if you're going to continue to walk with the Lord, there are things that you're just not going to be able to do. Yeah. And, and playing in that band for me was, that was one thing I just couldn't do. You know, yeah. it's almost like, I don't want to say you're double-minded, but you're speaking a double message, you know. So yeah, yeah. Like, like listening, even listening to certain music. Before yeah. I got saved, man, I was listening to metal. <laughs> hard, I mean, the harder the rock, the better. Yeah. I mean, it was the more screaming. Yeah. I drove my mom nuts with the music I listened to. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I, now when I got saved, I mean, I even when I got saved, I still had a like even like like Striper. I, I listened to Striper when I got saved. Yeah. My mom's like, oh, you don't know, even Striper, you know? <laughs> ah, you know all that stuff. 
And then like after a few albums, they started getting more secular. They released one secular album, and then they had a song like a few years ago. It was like blank, blank evil. And I was like, it was God's name huh. in vain. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. And I actually worked, I actually worked with a guy who was a self-proclaimed Christian. I mean, he went to church and everything, but he owned a bar. Like a, he owned a piano bar okay. and he played in the bands at the piano bar and everything. And it just, and I was a new Christian back then. And I, it just kind of confused me. I thought, how, you know, how can, I can't do that. Like I, I, can, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. But how can this guy do that? I mean, he's, he's selling alcohol. He's probably drinking alcohol. He's playing the secular music with these guys. It was a piano bar. So he had touring musicians that would come in and out. And, and I, I just, that confused me. And, I was just like, well, I just leave it up to the God to, you know, do that work there. Not, not me, you know, yeah. but truth. I mean, it, it, truth and encounter have to go hand in hand. That's you right. Know, you have to, you have to have the truth, but you have to have the experience. You know, some people have one or the other and that can be detrimental. You know, if you yeah. just, if you just know truth and haven't encountered that, then it's just a form of religion. You That's know, there's right. some people that they, yeah, they come into church and get the encounter Mm-hmm. but never apply the truth <laughs> of yep. the one they encountered to their life. And they can't get that straight either. It's, it's the two mending themselves together, yeah. you know, so. or just going to church with something you always did. So that's just what you're going to continue to do. And I mean, that's my Sunday morning thing. That's what I do. Right. You know, so. Well, and isn't, and isn't that what the Bible says, you know, in the last days, uh, people will be deceived. Yep. People will fall away yep. from yep. the truth. People will. So it's scary. You know, once again, it's scary. I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know how I'm going to make it to heaven sometimes, you know, with the, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I'm going to, but I'm just, you know, when you read the Bible, it says only the elect will make it and there'll mm-hmm. be deception. And, and so yeah. you really have to guard yeah. yourself, watch yourself from yeah. truth and yep. theology and preachers and, and uh, you know, what's only, again, what's the, but what is the one thing that can solidify or center us is the truth of God's word. That's you right. know, I mean, I'm, I'm would, I would be labeled a Pentecostal. So that would be fall under the umbrella of experience based, uh, Christianity, or we'd be more experiential based than maybe other ones. And so we got to maintain the truth of God's word. Uh, your wife and I were talking this morning in the office about how, uh, we're talking about the prophetic ministries, you know, that like you have to be careful because a lot of people, you know, depend on, someone else here's my here's where i land i went to a church where i was getting a different prophetic word every every other week you know one week i was going to be a movie star one week i'm going to be a prophet to the jews yeah. one week i'm going to be yeah. well man if i would have ran with all that i'd be so confused right now yeah but you know, so my my thing has always been if i could just help you in some way hear the voice of god for yourself you'll you'll be much better off than depending on me or anyone else for a word from the Lord, right? That's right, because yeah. that's all. That's what a lot of people will chase after is just the prophetic word. What somebody's going to say about their lives, you know? You know, what can I hear this week? What do you have for me? Get in the word. <laughs> so, anyway. Awesome. Well, guys, yeah. thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Dads. Uh, pray for Kelly Stevens. Yes. We want him to yes. get better. Yes, we do. We'll. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I was going to try and say something. It's funny, almost but. not the same without him. Almost. Yeah. Yes, we miss you, Kelly Stevens. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Dads. We're dudes talking news, sports, and God, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Modern Christian Dads. Season 2. We're about to explode. Just dudes talking news, sports, 
and God.